This week, as we make our way from Baja to Alaska, we stop in San Francisco, California, which won our hearts over. That and more on this episode of the RV Miles Podcast. This spring, L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear, tips, and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Here's one of our favorite camping hacks. You can make your own fire starters by rubbing cotton balls in petroleum jelly, then storing them in an old medication bottle or a mint tin. These compact starters fit in a pocket and light up quickly for easy campfires on cool nights. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 273 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We come to you from the Sonoma coast this week, where the weather is absolutely gorgeous, as it has been really since we got to San Francisco since the day after we got to San yeah. Francisco. <laughs> We've just been really enjoying California spring after it's finally, the rain is all gone and the atmospheric rivers and everything <laughs> are gone. And we have just had some lovely weeks. We had a great time in Yosemite with beautiful weather last oh week and, and few people. We kind of hit this just perfect window of, of weather there. The weather's great here and uh, we're in the spring and the super bloom and all that sort of stuff happening. And we'll tell you all about Yosemite on a later episode. Today is about San Francisco. Uh, but first, we wanted to give you a little bit of an update on this nomad internet scandal. And Ooh, are you going to play dramatic music <laughs> no, underneath no. this here? Well, and perhaps, you know, you podcast listeners, if you're not YouTube watchers, haven't even heard about this at all yet. But there's a company out there called Nomad Internet, which is a reseller of cellular data plans so they uh, and there's several of these companies out there you've heard us uh, talk about travel data in the past which is a a, a company that I, I think is still a decent option but nomad internet was doing what all these third-party resellers do and they resell uh, cellular plans that come from Verizon or T-Mobile or AT&T and they may be uh, kosher, they may be not, you know, they may be allowed to sell those plans, they may be not. Those plans might be for business use only, they might be for stationary use only, they might be taking cell phone SIM cards and, and mm. kind of making the carrier think that you're using cell phone data when you're really not. Um, and all that sort of stuff ends up taxing the networks of these carriers and they shut the plans down and then they have to send you a new sim card anyway nomad internet has been getting a reputation it's they've kind of had if we're honest a reputation for a while from yeah. a lot of people for uh a having a lot of issues <laughs> a reputation that had us staying very very far away from them. yeah i'm mean, lots of people complaining about their customer service so even when uh, uh some of the other companies when you do have a problem they may 
fix it fast, but Nomad was uh, not fixing things fast for people at or at all, or not responding. They were double billing people. Uh, they were charging people for a new device and not shipping it out for weeks and weeks. So lots of that sort of stuff going on. So what happened was a bunch of influencers sort of dropped their relationship with them uh, on YouTube rather quickly, right? Mm -hmm. That sort of brought up some of the stuff in the CEO's past about how he potentially might be a different person hiding from his uh, past crypto scamming years. Yes. Let's make sure we use a lot of allegedly as allegedly. we Allegedly. Allegedly, he um, is one person pretending to be another person currently. Though this sort of fallout from this in the company, what they've done in the days since, it sort of confirms, you know, what what happened. I there's, I saw a comment on one of the videos that they've put out recently that said mm -hmm. Jaden Garza is not really the uh, he's stepping away because he doesn't want his past problems to, you know, cause issues with the current company and stuff like that. So anyway, I, I did a whole deep investigation sort of thing with help from our friend uh, Jamie and, and Abby and lots of other people uh, helped put together this uh, sort of investigation into this guy's past. And we ended up figuring out where he lives. It's wild. It is a true crime <laughs> podcast that we are contemplating writing. So it is insane. <laughs> this guy, uh, he owes over $9 million, closer to 10. If in, in, Jaden Garza, allegedly, if Jaden Garza. If he's Garza, the same person. Please, let's yes, make that okay. very clear. If Jaden Garza is Joshua Garza, he owes $9 million for in, a Ponzi scheme. In restitution over a crypto Ponzi scheme. Yes. And he did some awful stuff during that time and uh, some stuff that I wasn't even able to talk about because I wasn't able to, you know, uh, confirm from two sources or anything like that. The bottom line is while owing restitution in the millions, he's sort of living in a mansion, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, with a butler and a maid, allegedly. <laughs> with fancy cars and um, private jets and all that sort of stuff. Which we know Jaden Garza has. Those yeah. are not the allegedly. We know that those things exist. Yeah. It's just when Joshua Garza disappeared and we haven't been able to locate him and then Jaden Garza disappeared around the exact same time. It's all very frustrating. The story was really frustrating. It's one of those that you think, how is this allowed to happen? But it happens, and this is not the first time a story like this in our world has popped up. It is not the last time. It is wild to me that we're talking about it in the RV industry. Yeah, it's like, it's that's really weird. Crazy to me. And a lot of you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of backlash against some of the influencers that worked with this company. Um, and, and, you know, some of them we know, some of them we don't. We talked to some of them for the story and stuff like that. I, I think when it comes down to it, though, the the thing um, I hope people understand is that all these people are different. You know, um, some people that work in this space and do what we do, where we uh, we talk to you, we build an audience, we build a brand, we share with you our travels and the things we do. And we sometimes share products with you that we're paid to share with you. 
Um, some people are more clear about that than others. We try to keep everything basically, this is sponsored by, <laughs> this is an ad. Welcome and, to our you know, commercial. And, and we hope you take that with a grain of salt. We, we don't expect you to um, look at this ad as us telling you this is a product we use every day and we think that this is, we hope it's clear to you and we want to continue to make it clear to you um, that, yeah, we we only really work with companies that we trust in general, though we have made mistakes in the past. Uh, and we generally only work with companies where uh, we have gone and done some research and other people like the products. And usually we also like the product and use it. Um, we definitely wouldn't work with somebody where we didn't like the product, but uh, we want you to know that these are ads. Like it, just like when you watch a TV show, if you're watching The Price Is Right and oh my God. and uh, they they uh, have a Hyundai that they're giving away up there, I, I assume you know that Drew Carey isn't saying you should buy a Hyundai. It is the best car think, there is. Do you think Drew Carey drives a Hyundai? <laughs> Do you think Jason he Bateman might. drives a Hyundai? Because he he's might. the voice for Hyundai. But I, I, this this whole scandal has a lot of people thinking um, uh, thinking in more detail about how they approach that. And some of these people were really duped by this guy who is a legitimate con artist or allegedly was a legitimate con artist. They were just as taken by a, a lot of people. They lost money, um, all sorts of stuff. And some people weren't so responsible. Some people have been working with this company for years um, and their their audience has been telling them of the problems yeah. for, for years and they continue to work <laughs> with it. Like, oh, really? Sorry. Let me let me get off my Starlink and yeah. go over and check and see how this is. Well, I think the bottom line is just it, it, go learn from the folks at the Mobile Internet Resource Center about internet. Um, don't learn from anybody really other than people that know what they're they're really getting into but the, what they're going to tell you is that there was never anything special about this company they purport to be like providing you special equipment that allows you to do things that nobody else allows you to do but they're just slapping their sticker on routers that they bought they're just putting a Verizon SIM card in that router it is Verizon internet it is somebody else's router and there's nothing special about that you can get that from lots of different places mm -hmm. uh, you can get options from the carriers themselves these days you don't need a company like this for any reason you don't need to deal with the drama of somebody like this and uh, thank you to everybody that has reached out to us since we put this story about out there's been been many past customers that have sent us a lot of lots of info about their issues past wow. employees uh, past victims of the crypto scam all sorts of stuff and we really appreciate the positive feedback about the story and uh, it was a lot of work it was sort of a labor of love and we really enjoyed putting it together for you so if you haven't checked it out yet go check it out on YouTube uh, and we'll put a link to it in the description yeah and let's get back to our regularly scheduled program yeah. now here in the wonderful world of RVing because so many people have been kind of uh, dominated by this story and it's been really frustrating for a very very long time i should also add though that it is no, that, <laughs> oh that we do have a text version of it on the website which we have brought back the website it's it nothing totally special yet nope. we're, we're lots of work going into like reinvigorating 
the website. It has been sort of a process of getting back to here, uh, but we are going to be putting more articles out going forward, and that is one of the sort of first new articles that we have on there. Yeah, there's lots of news on there now that's mm -hmm. really going to be the focus over on that website, is, uh, and it's rvmiles.com because I know it's been a long time since we've said those words, uh, but you can go over there and kind of see what's happening. Again, Jason said it's a work in progress, but we knew that if we didn't just bring it back, we would be working on it for the rest of our lives. So we went ahead and just made it public. Again, you can go read some of the new stories that are over there. And while you're over there as well, you can click on the little button that is going to invite you to become a Mile Marker member. And we just want to bring that up really quick because our next live stream is scheduled for Monday, May 1st. That is, first off, can you believe we're even talking about May? No. Were no, we it's just, wild. It, we were just welcoming 2023, it yeah. felt like. But every month we do monthly night live. You might remember this. We do this for our mile marker members. It's an hour of fun where we sit around, we answer your questions, we talk about what's going on in the industry. We are coming to you from all different kinds of locations, from Baja up to Alaska. We've done our lives in the past in Baja. We've been in San Diego. We are now going to be, I believe, in Oregon when this one happens in May. So that's very exciting. So if you want to become a Mile Marker member and support our small business and support what we're trying to do here at RV Miles, which allows us with this support to do those deep dive stories that Jason did on Nomad Internet, you can just go to rvmiles.com slash mile markers to learn more. All right. We're going to be back in a moment to talk about San Francisco. Yes, you can and visit a big city in an RV. It's not cheap, though. We'll be right back. <laughs> this episode is supported by ParkWolf, the ultimate app for visiting U.S. national parks. With ParkWolf, you can view upcoming places and amenities as you drive through the park, locate the nearest gas, food, bathrooms, and pullover points. ParkWolf's wildlife maps show you the best times and places to see or avoid wildlife along with a feed of the latest wildlife sighting photos from the parks. ParkWolf even makes it possible for you to view your live location and direction on official park maps while staying up to date on current NPS alerts and advisories. ParkWolf keeps working even if you lose service. To learn more, download the ParkWolf app for iPhone free from the Apple App Store today. The team at Harvest Hosts has just launched a great new campground discount program called Camper's Card. For just $39 a year, you'll receive benefits such as early check-in, late checkout, and discounts on nightly camping fees, which will quickly offset the membership cost. Get 15% off your first year of membership with the code MILES, that's M-I-L-E-S. But if you're a current Harvest Host or Boondockers Welcome member, you'll get an even better deal. 25% off your first year of membership. What are you waiting for? Go to camperscard.com to join Campers Card today. We're back and it's time to talk about San Francisco, California. And, you know, a, a lot of folks, I think... RV for different reasons. Some of us travel to get out into nature uh, and to avoid the hustle and bustle of city life. Some of us travel to visit all our national parks. Some of us travel to uh, to to be tourists wherever we go. Doesn't matter what it is, and that's sort of where we land. But what's cool about San Francisco is that it just offers everything. Oh my goodness! So. 
This city just exceeded all of my expectations. I was house shopping while we were there. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen. So <laughs> it was so funny to try and look for a house. I am obsessed with this little town called Mill Valley, which is just the most charming yeah. place. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, we want to talk about where we camped in San Francisco. And so we stayed at Marin RV Resort. And this is in Marin County. It's across the bay. And let's just say that um, to call them, mm, it is the smallest space we have ever put an RV into. You've seen it on the last couple of podcasts. We, yes, we you, saw, <laughs> you saw um, Jason do, I think you did a news video. I did, the, and, and the podcast where you, yes. weren't, where you weren't with me, I did from there too. Yeah. And uh, literally standing between our RV and, and Jamie and Clay's, and I could touch both at the same time. So that would mean that they're <laughs> six feet apart. Very and it, it was tight. Uh, and we also talked recently about sort of when we talked about San Diego, the comparison mm -hmm. of that and the the sun outdoors in San Diego, which were essentially the same price, where we had sort of the best resort experience ever in San Diego. and. The, kind of the worst ever and i mean to even call it, it's a parking lot yeah. it's so parking one lot. it was perfect though in the sense of to visit san francisco yeah. because one san diego was one was a campground we didn't want to leave in san francisco <laughs> we couldn't get out of there every day fast because there's enough. nothing to do you there's can't just, sit outside and no, talk you feel self-conscious because your neighbors can hear you it's, <laughs> The pool Nowhere was closed. It pool. was a tiny Is pool that anyway. A pool that looked they, like just a hole in the ground. They did have a nice laundry. They it's, did it's have a, a very nice laundry room. So it, it, it is a good. I, I don't want to talk down too much no, about it it's because perfect for visiting San Francisco. A, they leave you alone. The people uh, are were nice in the nice. office, and uh, it, the bathrooms are nice and clean, and all 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 good stuff on, on that front. They come out. They rake the gravel. It's it's all. They're very very nice, but it is meant to just essentially be like I'm storing my RV here so that I can go and explore San Francisco and the surrounding area. Now, one of the other really nice things, though, about this park and really kind of what I think was the saving grace for it on days when we weren't going into San Francisco is its proximity to other places you can go to, especially if you take your bikes. This was, I think for us, one of the first times where we have really been able to utilize the bikes to get around to other locations. There's also a Trader Joe's like two minutes the whole from this campground. Bay area is just uh, very bike friendly. Yeah. Um, so we really love, like you can, you can leave the campground. You can immediately get onto a bike trail. You can take that bike trail over to either the Marin County Mart, which is this outdoor sort of shopping boutique shopping center with small business stores, with restaurants, coffee shops, donut shops. We went over there many, many days and worked over there and enjoyed being in the open air of this little boutique. They've got a farmer's market on the weekends. It's fantastic. We loved it over there. And that is walkable too. If you if you don't Absolutely. have bikes, it is, it is walkable or you could drive your vehicle over there, whatever there's parking as well Absolutely. too. But you could walk from this place and you can walk 
to the ferry, which was mm-hmm. the easiest way for us to get in to San Francisco from this park. So you, you're you on sort of the opposite end of the bay. You go over to the ferry terminal. Uh, it, it has lots of runs throughout the day every day. And you pay your fee, get on, and it takes about 45 minutes to get over. Yeah, so a couple of things about this ferry. So it was the Larkspur Ferry, and it's going to take you into the San Francisco Terminal C. And absolutely, when you get over to that terminal, make sure you go in and walk around and check out all of the shops and restaurants in there. Get an empanada while you are in there, because those empanadas are so good. Um, But that's one thing. The second thing is that during the week, the commute over is a little bit faster than on the weekends. Um, Some people might be a little bit prone to motion sickness on the ferry. If you are someone who's prone to motion sickness, please take that into consideration. There there are two sizes of ferries that they use. The bigger one is is pretty big and doesn't have as much rocking from what I understand. We didn't take the smaller one. Or I, I did. did. You did. So, yeah. So basically it's the weekday one is for everyone who's commuting in and they're going to move a little bit faster and try to get you over into downtown. And then, then the weekend one is really designed for all the tourists who want to go in and spend the day. So it goes a little bit slower. It's a bigger boat. Um, both are totally fine. I, I was fine for the most part. We went in on kind of one choppy day and I was like, oh, let's just get into the dock, please. Um, Also, you're going to want to get a clipper card. Now, we did ours online and put them in the wallets on our phone. And if you do that, as opposed to getting the physical card, you won't have to pay the physical card fee. But everyone, now this, this got me. This got me. Everyone has to have their own clipper card. I cannot use my clipper card to pay for the boys. Jack had to have one. Ethan had to have one, and Henry had to have one. You were able to put multiple on your phone, but you made the mistake of loading yours up with a lot of money. Yes. Which you couldn't then move to the other ones. No, and you cannot move money between cards. So I misread what was on the website and thought that I could load up my card just for me as an adult to pay for my kids. And I had a card for Jason and they were like, no, you absolutely cannot do that. So you can't take, it won't work. If you, you try to scan a card and then use it again for the next person like you may have done in other cities yeah. and just have, I don't know why it's going to re- deduct the same amount. It will not work if there's like a, a delay. Uh, so it won't, it won't work for that person. It won't work again until after a certain amount yeah. of time has passed. And it's also the same price for adults and children. It was eight fifty a ride and that's not round trip. That's eight fifty there and eight fifty back. Now you're probably saying, Whoa, Abby, that's like $17 a person. Yeah. <laughs> that is very expensive. Just know that it does cost you money to go across the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, you have At to least... pay to go. So we could have drove. So yes. it, it would cost us money. It would cost us a toll to go across the bridge, uh, depending on the time of day and stuff. And then it, then we would have had to pay to park. It probably still would have been cheaper to drive and park, uh, but it also would have been more annoying. Right, and, we have a truck. Uh, like, that's it, not yeah, the to, easiest thing to try and find, like, street parking yeah. with. And, and with the clipper card, then you can use the other public transportation, like the trolleys, which is one thing that we really wanted to do, was go ride, of course, the famous San Francisco cable car trolleys, and we did that. Which we did, and we were able to use the clipper card. Now, here's a tip from us to you. Uh, we went to the beginning point of the trolley, and it, there was a nice long line. 
line to for everyone to get on. And so we had been waiting for a while. And uh, when it finally came up to our turn, um, the people in front, they got on. They filled up the section of the trolley where you sit sideways or, you know, so you can see out. And we had been waiting for so long. The conductor asked if anyone wanted to come on into the back of the trolley, which is more of a traditional enclosed space, but you still have open air windows. And we, I made the decision like, yeah, let's get on. It's not very busy. Let's do that. And then we can get moving because we've been standing here for so long and we have like goals we want to meet before we have to be back to the ferry at a certain time. So we got on and we didn't realize that the trolley would continue to stop like and those people would get like come on and what they're going to do where are they going to go well they're going to fill in all of that space in the enclosed put section your, their butts in your face and so then there was basically no view for us of the trolley going up the hills and getting that amazing iconic like san francisco view it was still a lot of fun though it was and, still um, a lot of fun but i felt really bad because you know everyone wanted to get on and everyone was yeah. tired of standing in line Is but it, it a, just didn't it didn't occur to us that it would become as packed yeah. as it was and then you're trying to navigate to paying with the clipper card when you get on, which becomes like its whole thing. It's all weird. Uh, it's very it, weird. It, but it was a very long line to get on. And was it more mm -hmm. efficient than taking like a city bus or something? No, no. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we did. Um, well, we waited in line for like 45 minutes to get on it. Sure. But when I went to, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but when I went on my full house tour, um, we took the bus to get there. And we had to wait for the bus to show up. And where we were waiting was the end of the line. And you know how when they get to the end of the line, the bus drivers hit the flashers and then they get out and they take their break. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so you just sit and wait. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. we were like waiting for yeah. a, and rightly yeah. deserved break for the bus driver. So was it? I don't know that it was quicker. And then there's a lot. I mean, there were a lot of stops on the trolley. There are a lot of stops, at least on the bus on the that bus. we were on, and they are not gentle with those stops. Bikes. They're like 50 miles stop, 50 miles to the next block stop. 50 if you're <laughs> if you want to get around downtown San Francisco, bikes are the way. Now, it, I guess yeah. on the flat areas, like towards the water. I am not going up a hill. If you want to go up the hill, San Francisco, no. as you may know, no. is very very hilly, and maybe you don't want to take bikes up many of those. No. But. So we took uh, the trolley and we took it over to Fisherman's Wharf, yeah. to the area of Fisherman's Wharf, because we wanted to do two things over there. So, you know, there's a lot of um, National Park Service sites in San Francisco, probably more than you realize. And so they're all kind of under the Golden Gate Recreation area, but there's a lot of little individual ones. There's Rosie the Riveter and there's Muir Woods. And one of the ones that we took down by Fisherman's Wharf that we went and visited was the San Francisco Maritime National Historical Park. And this is an opportunity to go on to some of the vessels that they have there, some of the sailboats, and kind of get an idea of what these massive ships were like in the 19th century and the kind of cargo that they were taking and bringing over and learn that history kind of hands-on. And so we did that. And I think we had, I think I can safely say for everyone that was there, we had a way better time than I thought we, everyone was going oh, to have. Oh, it, it was amazing. You're, you're, you're walking on these 
tall ships and steamer ships and um, what have you. And they're right on the bay. You can see Alcatraz from there. You can see the Golden Gate Bridge. There are uh, elephant seals that are oh, yeah. that are barking around you. Um, Amazing. You get a beautiful view of the city behind you. It, it, it was wonderful. Uh, can I, because you mentioned Alcatraz, I feel like I need to, I got to jump back like five steps really quick and say that from, so you've got sites all around you at our campground. And one of the sites you can see at Marin RV is San Quentin. Yeah, you've San, got, San Quentin, you've one got of the a, historic prison. You've got a great right view. There. It's not far from you. It's just a it's few miles. It's not Alcatraz. No. Uh, just, it's the actual operating San Quentin. Yeah, just a few miles down the road. It's fine. It's fine. So we had a great time. I knew I was going to love this because it's old-timey. It's historic. You get to actually be a part of that history. And also we met a ranger who was really, really wonderful. And she actually took us down into a section of the tall ship that they had closed off. It was still very safe, but they had it closed off because they have been dealing with all kinds of crazy weather there, all that rain and hail and, you know, extreme weathers that they're not very um, accustomed to in that area. And there had been some damage and some water damage to these tall ships that they were in the process of repairing and trying to dry out. So they had closed it off to the public, but I had asked her a few questions and she kind of was like, you know, it's, it's better to just show you. And so she took us down there and she led us through on what ended up being kind of like a private guided yeah, tour. Was and really it was special. It just, was really cool that she did that for us. We chatted her up. It wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, it was great. I didn't ask her to do it. It's just that she recognized yeah. there was like a captive audience. And she even said to me, your crew just looked like one that would be totally <laughs> fine for me to take down there. And I took that as a compliment because, you know, there were like four kids with yeah. us. And so that was really great. We did that on a particular day that we did the trolley. Um, and on that same day, we went from there right across the street to Ghirardelli Square. Um, oh, so man. if you're not familiar, the Ghirardelli, the Ghirardelli Chocolate Company is from San Francisco, and there is a very, very large campus that they run that has several uh, ways to access their chocolates. <laughs> a lot <laughs> they, of ways they've got to access several their stores. Chocolate. There's an ice cream uh, counter and uh, yes. uh, and uh, coffee shops and everything. And uh, but there's also several. Restaurants, restaurants that are not part that are not sort of ran and known and, and shops and and stuff that aren't ran and known by Ghirardelli. Yeah, it's 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 yes, it's its own place. You have plenty that you can do there. You could spend a couple of hours there and absolutely enjoy it. We had lunch there and we ate at a place called Barrio. It was delicious. The margaritas are very good. Sort of like high end taco. Very sort of expensive. Just not cheap. Yeah. Don't look at prices if you're making the choice to go to some of these places. Nothing in San Francisco is really Just affordable. Budget <laughs> Just for <isn't>. this trip. <laughs> Just budget and then just let make peace with the budget. Like, just let it go. The National Park Service sites are affordable. Very. You can do those. And of course, if you have any of the passes, they are absolutely free to you as well. Uh, one of the things I want to say, though, um, with the Ghirardelli shop. Ghirardelli? No. Ghirardelli. Yes. You know it's tomato, tomato. No, it's not. It's, it's Ghirardelli. <laughs> it's never been anything other than Ghirardelli. It's just Ghirardelli. Uh, so one of the things <laughs> with, if you go into um, 
Jason, who clearly worked closely with the Ghirardelli family, if you go into one of the shops and you decide to get some ice cream, um, we have kids that love ice cream. Our kids can eat. I, I am married to someone whose diet was primarily ice cream as a child, okay? So we have a family that loves ice cream. You can share these. They're huge. Like our kids couldn't finish them. Well, one of our kids, Jack finished it. That did yeah. not surprise me. But the other two, and Henry, he can hold his own. It was too, too much chocolate it for It was him. too much. So you can easily share one of these if you look at the price and you think, oh my gosh, because they are expensive. You can share one and still get a ton of ice cream out of that and still not feel like, oh, I only got a couple bites and we were sharing. You can absolutely share these. So there's a way there that you can kind of cut the budget a little bit if you need to. Uh, again, even the trolley is going to cost, I think it was $8 a rider uh, for the trolley. And that's um, a get off wherever you want to get off and you can get on. They have multiple stops throughout San Francisco as well. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about, which you weren't, you were not a, a part of. Uh, Jamie and I went in on a Friday night while you and Clay took the kids to see the Super Mario movie. Uh, Jamie and I went into town. We met up with some other full-timing moms, and we all went on a full house tour. If you uh, were a child of the '80s uh, like me, uh, it's quite possible that you watched Full House. Uh, I used to be. Oh, I just thought DJ Tanner was so cool. I just thought she was the coolest. I wanted to be like her on Friday nights because TJIF, right? Like, I just, I just had this image. You remember that episode where uh, side ponytail? Where DJ and Kimmy were going out and they put makeup on. Oh yeah. I was just imagining <laughs> you. Just like really overdoing it, like the first time you put makeup on. And <laughs> Eight-year-old Abby was so enamored with DJ Tanner. Um, in fact, to the point where on Friday nights, you know, this is when my family lived in Gulfport, Mississippi. And so I'd be outside like running around with all of my friends in the neighborhood. And if it was Friday night, it did not matter what I was doing. My mom would come out. She'd get out on the front porch and she'd be like, Abby, full house is on. And I would be like, peace. And I would drop whatever I was doing with my friends, ride my huffy banana seat bike home and make sure I was present for full house. That's how much I loved it. So we went into town and found the two areas that are associated with the show with full house. Uh, we found the house that's used as the like kind of zooming in on the house, you know, like to the front door at the beginning of like a scene or an episode. And then we found the colorful row of houses that is in the intro where they're sitting out on the park and that whatever happened to, you know, that's all playing. Mm -hmm. We found those. I took a lot of pictures of myself. I sent them to my brothers and no, I didn't even, I didn't even title the photo and everyone was like, full house, full house, full house. So uh, that was a lot of fun. I, you would probably have not enjoyed it. You are, did not watch Full House. I don't what think. What are you talking about? <laughs> you are more of a. Um, I have seen every a episode Family Matters of kind of guy. <laughs> well, yeah, you go watch Family Matters and Step by Step and and oh, Fresh Prince step. and like I mean, wait, yes, Prince I watched. Wasn't a part of. No, not that part was of ABC. TGF, but like I watched, but that was different nights. You watched it. I mean, I watched Fresh all Prince the shows. Was I watched ABC. all the shows. <laughs> 
<laughs> All of them. Well, when I told you I was doing this, you were just like, uh, okay. Because but it's just a house they used in the opening shot and has oh absolutely nothing to gosh. do with the actual show. Who are you? You cannot. I just, okay, so they used to have on the Universal Studios backlot. The, you love the house. I do. I do love the backlot. Oh but they God, had. Love it so they much. had the Golden Girls house. And I saw it, and I was like, so the, as like a kid, and I was huh. like, uh, oh, like they don't film it here. This is just like what they used in the shot in the <laughs> in the opening sequence. Like, why do I care about? I, why do I care? Does, does why would? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? Did I ever tell you the story of how? Speaking of Golden Girls, my youngest brother, um, who is about eight years younger than me, we used to watch Golden Girls all the time on reruns, and he at like like toddler age, like three, four, was obsessed with Sophia. He just thought that she was so cool. And he would go around being like, Sophia, Sophia, like toddling around, like saying her name. It was, it's the wildest thing. I don't think Golden Girls ever thought that they would have a mega fan in like a three-year-old that's just like toddling around the house saying Sophia's name. That was such a good show. We've moved so a good. bit away from the subject. We're in we Florida have, now and I, I don't know how we got there. <laughs> the, because you brought up Universal. So the we last like... thing we want to talk about <laughs> in San Francisco is visiting the Muir Woods. Yes. Uh, this was, so this is on the other side of the bay. So you don't actually have to cross over the gold. It's if you're much closer to the campground. Yeah. So you can drive, we drove over. Um, you do have to get a timed entry into the park. And it's a paid parking it's, situation. It, you're, yes. You're paying for, uh, even if you have a park pass, you're, yes. you're paying for the parking. You are. And um, this is one, it worked out because we had some flexibility on the day that we wanted to go. Uh, but if this is really important to you and something you want to do, try to get that timed entry sooner rather than later, because especially this time of year, it's a beautiful time to be in that park. And we did find that some of our first, second, third, and fourth choices for time were um, not available. Well, we kind of intended to go into the park and sort of like do sort of the main trail uh, and have dinner in the park. And the website, uh, a little discrepancy here. Mm, a little bit. Website makes you uh, un under the assumption that the park closes at dusk. And when you get there, there's signs everywhere that say park close. And these are like permanent signs. These aren't like ones they just slapped up. They say park closes at six o'clock. So obviously this time of year, that's not dusk. Yeah. Uh, we still thought we were gonna have at least another hour and a half in the park to go around and kind of check everything out, take a little hike. And then uh, we had some backpacking meals and we were gonna eat those. There's also nowhere actually to have a picnic. They don't have any sort of picnic tables or designated eating no, areas, they, at least yeah. near that main visitor center and the main parking lot. There could be in some other portions There's like of- benches, but that's it. Yeah, and because our time got cut really, really short, we didn't get to explore as much as we wanted, but we did get to take what is kind of like the basic scenic loop walk around the main area of the woods and that was really beautiful Gorgeous. and there are some stunning views in there and it was worth going over 
But it ended up working out because we found a beautiful park, a playground to go to in an area called Mill Valley that wasn't too far from Muir Woods. And it had a playground for the kids. It had this really cool, like enclosed picnic area surrounded by beautiful big trees. And there was a brook that was running through it and a mill that pretended like it was old, but it wasn't really old once you read and you felt like <laughs> disappointed but this was um, this was sort of our first introduction to this little mill valley area mm-hmm. uh and abby and i went back for a date night and we went to we basically bar hopped this well they had a coffee <laughs> shop on the square and we went to this coffee shop yeah uh, and then we uh, and we went to a, a bar and had really expensive cocktails and, and did a bunch of work <laughs> yeah um, actually it was supposed to be a date night where we were going to go out to because Point Reyes is also in the area. You can drive out there. It's about an hour from where we were staying. Mm-hmm. You could go out there and we didn't get to make it. That was one thing we'd planned to do and that was going to be our date night, but we ended up canceling it because we were in the middle of all this nomad internet yeah, research. We're doing a lot of work on that. We were doing a lot of work and we felt that we needed to um be good stewards of our time. And so we decided to turn our date night into a work night. But we thought, well, if we're going to turn it into a work night, let's at least go and have some drinks and uh, check out this little town while we're doing it. So we we went to three different, three or four different locations. In the end, we only made half of it a work night. And the rest of it was, our first set of cocktails was working. And then we went to the coffee shop and and worked some more. And then we stopped. And we went to another fancy, expensive (laughs) bar. And I had a whiskey flight. It was so fun. And you had some wine. Yes, and and uh, talked to the bartender and the beverage manager about how IPAs taste like dirty diapers. (laughs) Of course, you're in an area where there are lots of great wineries in Northern California, of course, and uh, so they have lots of incredible wine options Mm -hmm. as well. And then we had uh, dinner at a nice Italian restaurant, and it was great. It was wonderful. It was was a lovely evening. I think Mill Valley is just so charming. They have lots of small little shops. It looks like a really wonderful community. Plenty of art there, too. There was not only a... um, venue for live music but then there was also a theater that was doing lots of different performing arts pieces and i was like hey i want to live here and so i started looking at houses and i was like do we have about 3.5 million <laughs> laying around for this two bed one bath because i think we could all squeeze into that yeah. don't you yeah sure. um so that's fine i'll move over there eventually we'll eventually so, live in mill valley just not in this century so for you rvers <laughs> this is something we say every time that we go to a place like this is you can rv to big cities we have uh we have gone to Chicago, St. Louis, New Orleans, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Dallas, San uh, Diego, San Minneapolis. Diego. This, it, if that's not something you're into, that's fine. Uh, but if you want to explore big cities in an RV, you absolutely can do it. You mm-hmm. might you might have a challenge if you are somebody that is in a, mm-hmm. a medium to large size motorhome without a, a a towed vehicle at this campground uh, for sure uh, but uh but one of the cool things about big cities is that they often have really good public transportation that you can utilize to get around as well so sometimes that might be a better option for for you uh, you know if you were in a big motorhome without a, a towed vehicle and just have a couple bikes 
this would have been a great option for you. Absolutely. So that was our week in San Francisco. We will definitely be back to that area because we enjoyed it so much. If you have any comments about what we talked about or you have recommendations of places we didn't get to visit, please feel free to leave them at rvmiles.com slash 273. That is the show notes now for these episodes. And you will also find links to everything that we talk about as well as all of our sponsors for this episode. All right, we'll be back in a moment to check the level of our tanks. Be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit BlueOx.com. RV Miles is sponsored by the RoadPass Pro suite of travel apps for RVers. We love using all the apps in the RoadPass suite to plan our travels. Togo RV, Road Trippers, OvernightRVParking.com, and Campendium. You get premium access to all of them for $49.99 a year. Find the best campgrounds, the best boondocking sites, the best roadside attractions, and the best routes to get to them all in your RV, tailored for the length and height to get you there safely. Use the code RVMILES10X to get $10 off your RoadPass Pro membership at RoadPass.com. Welcome back. It is time to check the level of our tanks. Sponsored by Matt's RV Reviews, Liquefied RV Toilet Treatment, the no BS RV toilet chemical that really works. You can check it out along with our recommendations for all types of RV and camping gear in our Amazon store at amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles. All right, Jason, what is in your black tank this week? My black tank is a story that was, uh, that I put in the news for this past week and it was this uh this consignment rv dealer bob scott rv in colorado that closed down after selling people's rvs on consignment but without paying them so there are lots of rvs <laughs> that sort of sold their rvs for tens of thousands of dollars through this company on consignment you know and expecting that the that the company takes a cut and then uh -huh. they give you a check back. So one, I think one of the, the, the couple that we cited in the story was that their RV was sold for $37,000. They were expecting a $31,000 check and it wasn't coming and they were getting all kinds of excuses. Meanwhile, the, that RV was legally sold and titled and registered to somebody else. So it's not like they can get it back in, 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 uh, you know, by calling it a theft or whatever. Uh, they have they're gonna i i think have to deal with like bankruptcy courts and stuff now because this this bob scott R, this bob scott rv has now closed down and all these customers or some of them have loans on these rvs that oh, need wow. to be paid off so the banks still say well you need to keep paying this loan and these people are sort of on the hook for that which is it's this sort of this weird situation where, where dealers have this sort of authority to sell RVs and they're licensed to and all that. And they're supposed to be the one that, you know, potentially does the payoff of the loan and they don't. It's a it's a really messed up situation. So be careful with the consignment stuff and going with somebody that you don't know. Also, 
be careful. Don't trust people who call their businesses with two first names. Okay. Bob, Bob Scott. Bob Scott. No, no, no. That's that's not. That was not. Don't the, trust Bob Scott. That was not the thing that that would have uh, would have cautioned me. It was that it was called Bob Scott RVs with an apostrophe S. There's no apostrophe in RVs. <laughs> that makes it possessive. It's not possessive. Well, uh, to Scott them it RVs. was. To them it was very possessive. <laughs> was possessive. <laughs> they kept all their money. They were. They are fake. Like they're, clearly, they were telling you, we've made this possessive. So if you bring it to us, we own it. Now it's ours. We get to keep it, including all of the money that we make off of it. Wow. All right. Well, what is in your fresh tank this week? My fresh tank is the, you're going to hate this because you hate these things. Uh, it, it's these, these tote wow. bins from Home Depot, Husky tote bins from Home Depot. Ugh. And I don't know why you don't like them because I, don't I love them. I dislike them. them. They're I, amazing. You are setting me so, up for, I don't dislike them. I have shared a valid reason. With you. They hurt my fingers. I, I think they're so easy to open uh, and close. They I hurt think, my fingers I think when I try hurt, to open them. I think that's because they are. I'm dainty. I think they are packed with too much stuff. Yeah. And then it's hard think? to open them. But when they're not packed too, with too hard, too much stuff, they're that easy to open. That would be them. a giant fly. A fly on the camera. <laughs> the camera lens. Uh, these things, uh, uh, you know, we, we had, had many bins, outdoor bins mm -hmm. to put our stuff in over the years that have failed and failed and failed. Could write a whole article and, and on this. Off. So these, they're not super cheap, but they're not super expensive either. And they come in different sizes. There are deeper ones and shallow ones. And I like the shallower ones because you don't put a bunch of stuff that you can't reach down to. No, what you do instead is you pack it way too full no, but you because can, you needed the deeper one. Instead of getting the deeper one, you get two shallow ones. They stack on top of each other. They're the same height as, as one deep one. And they have clear lids so you can see everything inside. Inside you can them. see how jam-packed they the are. The lids open on either side. There's like there's six snap closures all the way around it. Mm -hmm. So you can open one side and have it hinged that way, or you can open the other side and have it hinged the other way. But so, you have to have four of the six open, on yeah. snap. But if you have slid this into your pastor or whatever, and you've got enough room to open something in your pastor without taking it out entirely, it doesn't matter which way you put it yeah, in. That's you can a great still feature. open it up. But I just love their durable they're uh they've been out in the rain without getting water inside Absolutely. them and i love the fact that they have this clear lid which i can see which one is i don't even have to label them because we have one that is for sort of our outdoor camping stuff and one that is sort of for uh extra tools and like sealants and oils and things like that and you can easily see which one is which immediately i've also seen a lot of people and this is actually where i first heard about these a lot of people store their starlink in these so mm -hmm. you buy you you buy one of these bins and you keep the sort of insert from the packaging from your starlink it's sort of a, a kind of plasticky insert and it actually fits really well into one of these bins and yeah. you've got a bin instead of buying the $250 backpack that Starlink sells we are for you to carry here. <laughs> we, we, we are just not fancy. set ours on the floor. No, Elon Musk's internet just goes wherever yeah. it can go when it's time to leave. I feel like you have misrepresented me. I do not hate these bins. I think they are actually the best ones we have ever owned. Okay. They just, maybe because they have too much in them, there yeah. is a lot of tension when you go to unsnap them and almost every time I end up doing that thing where you're trying you're you're working so hard to get them to release and then your your fingers just go 
like down the side of the snap and then you just it hurts. Okay. So maybe we need another one. Maybe we need another one. I don't know where it'll go, but we need another one. Well, it'll just go inside the rig where everything goes on travel days that we All can't right. make fit. What is in your black tank this week? Okay. So my black tank is kind of a gray tank, but it's really a black tank. And I'm black tanking crosswords because I don't think that there's anything out there that can make you feel as dumb as a crossword puzzle. Especially the New York Times Sunday oh, crossword. So you this go is through a like every now. single clue and you've got like... You got like one and you're like, what? There was like 400 oh. on here and I got one. Oh, that was me on Sunday. <laughs> so this is like our new kind of like obsession, new thing, is that we both now have subscriptions to the New York Times games so that, you know, listen, my Wordle score has just gone way up now that Wordlebot and I are friends and we chat about like my choices. Um, but through this subscription, you can also do Sudoku and you can do the mini crossword and the crossword. And there's like all these different things you can do spelling bee. And so uh, the crossword has kind of like become our latest like thing and our latest sort of competitive thing. But I had to stop being competitive really quick because I was like this, this crossword on Sunday, Mondays I'm fine with because Mondays is clearly where they like, you yeah, know, they, they know everyone's really upset about Sunday. So they give you something really they get easy harder on Monday. throughout the week. Right. There is nothing that I do in my life that makes me feel, and I'm a parent of a teenager, and there's nothing that makes me feel so stupid like a New York, like the New York Times crossword can make me feel. I just, it is so deflating. Well, I love it when the clues when you... are like, the clues are like, uh, on Sunday, it's like the clues are like, a duck crossing the road, maybe? Question mark. <laughs> like, they couldn't even come up with a clue that really says, like, like it's a, maybe. maybe. <laughs> you decide. You decide if you want to believe that clue or not. So this has kind of been like our Sunday morning with coffee, just, you know, chilling out, doing this crossword. Yeah. And I have not finished a I've Sunday I've close to finishing, like, two or three. But it's like, I like get about the timer's like four hours in, and I'm like, okay, this is taking up a lot of my life now. Timer, yeah, that's a lot of your life. Wow. I usually am like after 45 minutes, like, can, you know, throughout well, the day. I'm I usually like, started on, in bed on Saturday night. <laughs> and then I work on in bed on, on Sunday morning. So this is, yeah, this is the new thing here around RV Biles is the New York Times crossword. And boy, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship right yeah. now. What's in your fresh tank this week? Uh, so my fresh tank, we want to share with all of you. Our friends Jamie and Clay have started their own podcast, and it is absolutely delightful. Uh, it's called Letters from the Road, and Jamie is such a gifted writer, and she has put together this podcast where she writes a letter every week, and she's writing these letters over on Substack, and they go and then they talk about this letter. Be they've done an, um, they did a, a question in their very first episode that had us talking for quite some time, and it was really talking about like where are you from, like when someone asks you, yeah. where are you from? Even if you're not like a full time RVer type person, like uh, even if I wasn't an RVer at all, we were talking about how you answer that question. It's, it's difficult if you it's, didn't grow up and live in the same right. Spot. Like I, I. Tend to say I was born and raised in Kansas City, but I call Chicago home because my babies were born in Chicago. Yeah. My my adult life. It's like your adult life. My is adult. In well, adult Abby is from Chicago. Yeah. But pre-adult Abby is from the Kansas City area. Yeah. 
Sort of. Sort of. But, he also but lived even in that, Mississippi like, and, <laughs> and Louisiana. Yeah, and Louisiana. Like, so, but that's like a really weighted question, right? Like to yeah. figure out how do you say that? Like, yeah, for you... me, it's often like, uh, you know, if it's real quick, if we're at the grocery store, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Chicago, but we're actually full time RVers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or sometimes we say but we're from here. If right I'm now, like, legi- we're full-time RVers. Yeah, if I'm legitimately ask, answering the question, it's often like, well, um, uh, I'm from Western Illinois uh, originally, and then I moved to Chicago. Uh, as an adult, uh, to go to school and, and lived there for you 16 years. decided to stay there, and then yeah. I worked in theater. And yeah. then the next thing you know, you've yeah. taken five and minutes. It's a to convoluted someone. thing. And, and, yeah. and Jamie and Clay talk about this in, in this episode where uh, they were both from sort of different towns at different times. And of course, now are full time RVers, so that's even more convoluted. And it's sort of an interesting dive into that. And they, so that's what these episodes do is they sort of dive into these individual sort of not always deep thinking topics, um, sometimes fun, sometimes entertainment, entertaining, yeah, I mean, interesting. You, and, you know, if, if you love Dunkin' Donuts coffee, don't listen to their episode on coffee. <laughs> Just don't, don't do it's it. Introspective. <laughs> and, 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 and if you're not, uh, if the podcast isn't up your alley, they also have, uh, you can just subscribe to the letters and, and read those. It's really uh, interesting that way as well. But yeah, um, Jamie, like I said, she's just such a gifted writer and she, her latest letter was something that really had me stopping and thinking about and reflecting on some things in my own life. And I sent her a text and I was like, you know, this was such, this was probably my favorite letter so far. And it really kind of got me to stop and think about some things I needed to consider. So we want to encourage you to give them support. Their podcast is new. You can find it across all podcast apps anywhere that you're listening to RV Miles, except on YouTube. They do not put theirs on YouTube because they're smart. Um, so you can go, you can listen to this and enjoy it. We really do hope that you will support them um, because it is not easy to jump into the world of podcasting. It really is a slow burn. And if you're listening on the podcast feed, uh, not on YouTube, but if you're listening on the podcast feed, we'll, we'll drop the uh, a sort of teaser for their show at yeah, the end yeah. of this episode. So you can sort of hear it as well. Absolutely. So there you go. Please go over and support them. Uh, we think their work is really, really great. And we're excited to continue listening. Okay, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast. We did it. We made it through, everyone. Episode 273 is in the bag. So thank you so much for joining us. As we ask every single week, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving RV Miles a five-star review. Your review, that just 15 seconds that you give us of your time, is helping put this podcast in front of a whole new generation of listeners. We cannot thank you enough. If you would like to join us for Monthly Night Live, which is happening on May 1st, you can become a Mile Marker member. That support goes to so much more than just a Monthly Night Live. It is really shaping and changing the future of our small business here at RV Miles. You can learn more at rvmiles.com slash mile marker. Until then, friends, please stay healthy. Enjoy spring. It's finally sprung. And keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody. Welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hi, friends. Welcome to our new show. Uh, Jamie, why did we start this show? Because I got fired and I needed a project. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But really, I mean, you'd started writing essays or letters and reading them to me, and we thought it'd be fun to share them. 
Right. So now we publish the letters on Substack, and we're bringing you this show you never asked for. But seriously, we're hoping you'll join us every Sunday as we dive into topics such as bears and coffee and general existential crises. It's mostly tangents about birds. Kick back, relax, and join us for a chat and a Sunday night cocktail. Send us a letter if you'd like. We're all about taking life a little slower and enjoying it while encouraging others to do the same. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes one and two are out now. See you down the road. Bye.